0: What? <laughs> Nobody really knows what happens when you die. Some say it's an end. Others, a beginning. Some say you just keep going round and
1: round until you get it right. One night,
2: four people were driven by destiny. Overtaken by fate.
0: Heaven.
2: and ended up
0: living the life of Riley Thomas Riley. Thomas! Thomas! Hello, welcome to Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Jay McNab, joined as always by Robert Laronde. And we have a very special guest again this week. It's one of the funniest writers on the internet, Lydia Bug. Hey Lydia, how's it going? Great,
1: thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being here, and I'm really excited about this show because we're going to be talking about a movie we've wanted to do for a long time. It's the 1993 Robert Downey Jr. comedy, Heart and Souls. Yes, Mm -hmm. oft
1: forgotten when talked about, I feel like, when you talk about, I don't think a lot of people know this. I was shocked when I said I wanted to do it, and you were like, oh yeah, I love this growing up.
0: (laughs) I'm watching it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, I I think I think people do have a fondness for it even though it doesn't get talked about that much. But before we get into it, I do want to thank our Patreon donors. If you go to patreon.com/rewatchability, you can donate a few bucks to help keep us going. You know, it's not just us, it's all of the ghosts that are encircling our lives. Uh so yeah, yeah. patreon.com/rewatchability and also, before we get into it, Lydia, I did want to ask you about a project you just worked on, because we are Canadian and therefore have to squeeze in references to Canadian content mm-hmm. as much you as possible. Syrup. You just worked on a- an issue of the Trailer Park Boys comic series. Yes. Whoa. The, uh,
1: the very first issue, actually. I have a, a story in. It's an anthology comic, so it's not like the whole thing is me, but there's a, I have a four-page story in the first one and a five-page in the second, I believe.
2: That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was really cool that they franchised it with Devil's Do Comics. And the editor that they brought in, I worked with at com when I was working for Macaulay Colkin on oh. his weird uh, goop center. The
2: Pagemaster.
1: Yes, I worked for the Page Master. That's his favorite role. Oh,
2: really?
1: <laughs> he likes to joke about that one a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, and then they brought in Sean from Bunny Years, and then he asked if I wanted to write about the Trailer Park Boys, and I watched them growing up, actually. So even though I'm not from Canada, Midwesterners love the Trailer Park Boys because we also live in trailer parks. So... <laughs> You know, we could not relate.
2: I have yeah. never seen a trailer park boy. Really? Do, am I going to get deported? Yes. Wait, you've never seen an
0: episode? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. I just assumed you would have. I like
2: Because I, I live in a trailer park?
0: Wow. <laughs> no, because it seems like up your alley in terms of comedy. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I was in film school, they literally showed us episodes of trailer park boys when we were this talking about This is how you do it, boys. Comedy. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, no, because you know it started out as like you know with an independent filmmaker, and yeah, so yeah. that's that's great. So, where do people go to check that out?
1: Uh, Trailerparkcomic dot com. If you want to order it, um, the first issue I believe is sold out, but they'll put the second one up there, and I think it comes out. It doesn't come out in August. I believe it's out in September. The first issue was out July twenty first, but it's probably in comic book shops still. If you're if we air this soon so
2: nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah that to sure. yeah. be my introduction to the trailer park boys is the comics. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a good comics,
1: introduction because they're vignettes so that's kind of a nice way to get introduced to something i feel like
2: <laughs> i love vignettes yeah <laughs> uh okay that's great
0: well let's get into heart and souls because like i said this was uh, a big movie for us when we were younger but not necessarily one that people talk about a lot today but uh lydia you suggested doing it do you remember when the first time you saw it was
1: Uh, not exactly the first time because I watched it so much. I am one of those, I was one of those kids, like I have a learning disability. So part of it is I tend to fixate, especially on media. And I will, I watched Mary Poppins 150 times when I was a kid because my dad was like, I'm just going to let her watch it until she gets sick of it. And I didn't. And then he was, (laughs) he just took it away. So um, (laughs) Heart and Souls was one of those weird things where I was also, like, very, um, I wasn't allowed to consume a lot of media. My parents were trying really hard to keep me from seeing things that they, you know, like, that were rated PG-13 or whatever at the time. They felt were too mature. So, like, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. But... Mm if it had Robert Downey Jr. in it, my mother was not going to deprive herself of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So she let me watch this movie and then bought it. So it was just in the house. And so I watched it like all the time. And then when I was in my 20s, I remembered it and I showed it to my husband and I was like, this was like one of my favorite movies as a kid. And he was like, this is not a children's movie like why were you why why were you so obsessed with this? And it's kind of funny cuz I didn't know back then. I was like, I don't know why I liked it so much. And then rewatching it now in my very early 30s, I'm 32. I get it because I was an only child and I was super like I wanted attention all the time and the idea of having like four people that have to pay attention to you all the time was
2: <laughs> was my dream. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> that makes sense, so, yeah, yeah.
0: What about you, Rob? did you see it when it when it first came out, or when did you see it?
2: You know, I I wasn't sure the cover, you know, I didn't have any memories and the cover looked so familiar. I think we must have had the video, but I don't have any specific memories of watching it. But, you know, we were talking about Charles Grodin because he passed away and this movie came up. So I was just amped to uh, to see it and, uh, you know, have some more of that uh, some more of that Grodin uh, Grodin juice (laughs) i don't know no (laughs) No. what a terrible (laughs) memorial (laughs) i I don't think he'd be happy that i that i memorialized him like that you know (laughs) he would be frowning and his brow would be furrowed Uh, no so yeah i I never saw it uh this was the first time oh wow Uh, yeah but uh yeah uh, yeah, I think,
0: I couldn't remember if it was you or, or Blaine who said that they loved this movie as a kid. I think it was Blaine, but he's not here, Blaine. so we'll skip no. over him. I watched it when it came out on video. I don't know why I didn't see it in the theater, because I remember seeing the trailer in the theater a lot, and mm. it looked like a lot of fun. I think that song, like the Frankie Valli song, was in the trailer a lot. Right. I um,
1: love that song.
0: <laughs> it's a great it's good
2: song. Yeah.
0: And also was it it was in Mrs. Doubtfire too, right? Like that song had a big For sure. a oh, big couple remember. of years there.
2: Yeah, I think it I think it was right? like all over the place. It was a big song.
0: Yeah. So then I yeah, I watched it on, on video and I remember really liking it and I haven't seen it since. And I remembered it being just hilarious and wacky and not full of sorrow and tragedy. <laughs> like it really is. It is, yeah. <laughs>
1: And yet, like, it's really uh, still so heartwarming. Like, you don't feel bad mm-hmm. at the end of it. You feel great after watching it, even though it is, like, really a very sad movie.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is It is funny, though. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how you processed it when you were a kid, Lydia, but I, I don't. I don't even really remember how I processed death because, like, I watched this movie and just thought it was hilarious.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, you just go into Robert Downey Jr. when you die. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I would love that, personally. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I love that idea of the afterlife. I think it was comforting to me to think, of, like, because the afterlife in that is very simple and it's fair and i don't know (laughs) well like their death wasn't fair but the idea that they got to resolve all their unfinished business there's like a fairness to that and even when they didn't they did like with julia like i won't jump ahead but like that i don't know it comforted me as a child i i think more than like the massive amounts of Catholic Church I was getting did, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this makes more sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a better theological system, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
0: Rob, do you want to do the rundown of the, the plot of Heart and Souls?
2: Okay. I will. So it starts in the 50s, one of those years, 1955? I don't know. No, It's, but, it's the 60s, isn't it? Isn't it the early 60s? I thought it was the late 50s. 50s oh okay that's what I, I don't know it could be anyway it's I'm, the past I'm, I'm purely going
0: by bob newhart's hairline i don't <laughs> I know, know exactly <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there are we are introduced to all these people there is a couple who is expecting their child that's a very exciting event for a young couple and there's also a uh a a woman who is working as a waitress at the Purple Onion where Bob Newhart is playing And uh, all these people, they have, like, things that are, I mean, not so much the parents with the newborn baby, but the rest of the people that we talk about, they all have these things in their lives. Like, they're complicated, right? Like, this waitress, Kira Sedgwick, she is, you know, living in the city, living that city life like we all love. But she has this beau from back home who comes and shows up at her job, which is a big dick move, and confronts her. And is like, hey, baby, are you going to come back with me? Or I got this farm. And she's like... I don't know. I'm watching Newhart, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I thought I thought a cool thing about that was, did you notice the routine he was doing was the same one from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that her husband stole? Like I don't know about a lot about Newhart, oh, really? so I, that oh. must be a really popular routine. But I, those things, you know, this is the same thing. I may, I noticed that.
0: <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think they pulled it from his record. I think he, like the way the audio sounded. Was mm-hmm. I think like they literally pulled it from his record, which I thought was kind. Of, it was kind of neat. Um, yeah, I
1: thought they did a good and, job with that.
0: And they cast his son to play oh. him because yeah. I was cool. I was looking at this guy. I was like, this is. A young Bob it's Newhart. It's I,
2: uncanny. For a second, Do you think I thought they get it's meccas in Mechison
0: here. Yeah, for a second, I thought maybe they did like a CGI thing. I was like, no, that's crazy. Why would they spend? I
2: wouldn't let that. <laughs> I, I thought it was
1: CGI, which yeah. is dumb. Now that I think of it, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like this movie cost a hundred million dollars because <laughs> they really needed Bob Newhart. No, I had the same thought, and then I looked it up, and yeah, they got his son in there. Okay. Uh, to be him. That's kind of nice. Yeah. It was a
2: nice touch. I, You know, it sort of grounds it in, in reality in a way and in time in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very specific thing. But, yeah, so she has their thing. There's also... Tom Sizemore, he is uh, he's a, a petty thug who is breaking into this rich guy's house to steal back these stamps that he previously stole from this little kid, and he gets his ass kicked and he barely escapes. But uh, you know, that's Tom Sizemore for you. And we also have
0: <laughs> Charles <Okay>. Grodin. <laughs>
2: And he is a wannabe singer. He is auditioning for a a piece of musical theater or something. And you, you can tell he's just very nervous. He's practicing in the hallway and he lets the other guy go ahead of him. He just doesn't he, he doesn't want to do it. and when he, he, he gets up to audition, he can't sing. He 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 nopes out of there. It's sad. It's a tragedy. But uh maybe not a tragedy compared to the other things that are gonna come up. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt,
1: But, like, that storyline, I think, is the most defined of the four. I think Milo and Charles Grodin get much more defined what they want to do and what they failed at during their lives than the two women do.
2: For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then, finally, we have Alfrey Woodard, who is a mom. And, she, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, she is an amazing mom. Also, like, she just did, I mean scrooge wasn't so far from this and she also is like a great mom in that her like connection with like the tiny tim kids like so good and then here it's like it echoes in the same way you're just like ah you're so i wish you were my mom yeah but uh i mean yeah (laughs) i know we're all in our 30s but
0: you know i would not say no to an adoption if Alfre Woodard was was <laughs>
2: not into the, the, the idea. whole podcast, you know, sure.
1: <laughs> or just like come to my house and teach me how to live my life because I feel like she could do it better than me.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> she, I, I
0: was thinking about this because she is such an amazing actress, and I feel like we were so lucky as kids to have been exposed to her in so many goofy movies. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that she was probably too good for, but was in mm-hmm. them anyway. And she's, yeah, she's just wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all these folks, they end up taking a bus, and probably, like, the second worst thing that can happen when you're on a bus happens. Uh, Wait,
0: what's the other thing?
2: Well, you don't want to know. Oh. <laughs> but, but if you've taken some of the TTC buses, uh, you, you might know what I'm talking about.
0: Well, it's like a trolley kind of thing, isn't it? It's got, like, the
2: Yeah, it's cable like an electric thing? bus. Oh, yeah. it is
1: a trolley. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bus.
2: It's a bus it's a bus on the on the trolley lines. I think we used to have that in Toronto, didn't we? I don't For a remember. while anyway. in the 50s, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But uh yeah, they get on this bus and you know, we have all these people, all these different people from different lives. They're not their lives aren't going to intersect in some way. They're not going to <laughs> crash, are they? <laughs> like the movie Crash? <laughs> But, oh. you know, with less racism. Oh. But uh, there's a literal crash, and uh, there's an accident, and everybody on the bus dies. Well,
0: wait, we got to talk about how this crash happens, because yeah. it's... Oh,
2: right. It's uh, hilarious. Yes. David <laughs> yeah. Paymer is the bus driver, and he there happens to be somebody driving alongside, beside him. And they're getting a little bit handsy in the convertible. And he just, he can't take his eyes away. And, uh, you know, he's in this elevated position because the bus is, like, really high. So he has a great view. So, I mean, you can't even really blame him, right? But... Regardless, wait—you does... can't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> he kills a whole bunch of people because he was gawking at these strangers. God. I mean, I guess you can blame him. He does have to God drive the bus for five hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> God, God blames. God is a bit it. judgy, but he's been known to be judgy. It's, it's a little bit Old Testament in this uh, movie, okay? But... I,
1: I love how much he's enjoying it with, like, all that's really happening in that car is that woman is swatting that man's hands away. Like, leave me yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. And he's just, yeah. like, still going after her. And she's like, no, leave me alone. He should, like, he should be yelling at that man.
2: This yeah. <laughs> movie has so many examples of what not to do while driving, you Yeah, know? There's this. There's, like, yeah, the looking at the person. There's Robert Downey Jr. on his cell phone. Come on! Haven't you seen that Herzog thing? <laughs>
0: There's also, like, there, uh, when he's watching uh, the people in the other car and he's getting all excited, like, he squeezes the steering wheel in a weird way. It's like, how is so that, like, what is that doing for you
2: right he, now? He yeah. goes full Newman from Basic Instinct, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah he's, he's all sweaty. Yeah. It's, yeah he's like, it's a weird uh, way. Like, anything could have happened. A, a dog could have run into the street and he had to swerve. Like, why would that be the thing you
2: pick? This movie is a bit pervy, uh, as there's at least you know there's at least one other. I mean, there's a few other scenes. Basically, everything with Tom Sizemore. Uh, as well as pretty pervy yeah but
1: tom, so tom sizemore's number one thing he's mad about about being dead is that he cannot get laid which yeah. is hilarious mm. to me i mean
0: yeah that's a good that's a good rule of thumb for determining if it's a family movie or not is, yeah number one is tom sizemore in it <laughs>
2: <laughs> Two
1: like how pervy is he in it oh very yeah. pervy okay this is not a kid's movie
2: Just <laughs> you know uncomfortably pervy still not a kid's movie but hopefully the scars will heal <laughs> Yeah, but so they all die and uh, they become ghosts, and they're all sort of you know st- in this world. They're standing on the top of the bus. The bus driver goes to heaven for some reason, <laughs> but <laughs> he did nothing wrong. He's <laughs> nothing wrong. But Great they guy. all they all go into the body of this baby that has just been born in the car. The baby of the young couple. Well, not and... in the body. They're just kind of like.
1: I think they're in his body in the that's like I
2: think they're in his body in the beginning. Yeah, they
1: close up on the baby and they're all talking and they're not around. So I thought the implication was like they started out being inside his body and then figured out how to like get out because then we don't see him till what a year later at least. Mm -hmm. So
2: I do
0: feel bad for this baby. In this whole first act.
1: Oh, I felt <laughs> terrible for Tom. Like, uh, Well, even thinking... it Well, I'll let you get to like what they were supposed to do. But if you think about what they were supposed to do to him as a child, it is terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Way That's, to go, God.
0: Yeah. What kind of plan is this? Come to think of it, this is as silliest as Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: thinking about it. Yeah. It's like I'm going w- back to the church.
1: Catholicism, but wacky. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> wackier. Yeah, but so Thomas, he grows up, he becomes a little boy, and they have a lot of fun with this kid. They're always playing with him, making him laugh. His parents think he's kind of crazy because he's laughing at nothing. They don't know what's wrong with him, but... He seems to be having a nice time and you know, there's lots of stuff. They sing the the Frankie Valley song and it's very it's very fun as they're growing up, very touching. They're like his like family. It's like it takes a ghost village, you know?
1: And they are, and... they like him. Like they're they're fine with weirdly fine almost with being attached to him because he's their good cookie boy, as they
2: say. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, you should put some like you, you do, Milo?
0: Please, yeah, I hate it when you do that. Hey,
1: relax. Thomas likes it, don't you? No, you don't. No, I know <laughs> no, you did no, no, no.
0: Honey, when are hey, we? Amen. Relax, okay, Papa. I'm hoping to come back with all my parts in my new
2: life. That's weird, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> and even. Even Tom Sizemore, it's not so bad. He uses the kid to uh, turn the pages of Playboy magazine for him so that he can watch it. Meanwhile, like, there's like a toque over the kid's hat so he can't see it. I mean, you can see through the toque. The kid can see through the toque. The kid pretending not to see through the toque with his entire being. I mean, that's not even really the issue. (laughs) Yes.
0: yes, Yes. It is wrong. Yeah. And there's also the scene where, like, he's tries to like look under the teacher's skirt as she walks by like Mm -hmm. this is like the second thing we see the ghosts do (laughs)
1: yeah the second thing we learn is that tom sizemore likes to lay down and let ladies walk over him as he's like because he's a ghost and they can't see him so he can see up their skirts that's what he's doing with his afterlife
0: Yeah. And all the other ghosts are like, oh, that's Tom Sizemore for you. No no one is really like delving into just how awful the situation is that they're stuck with this guy (laughs) for eternity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and he makes him go to the racetrack and like place bets. Yes.
1: Which was when I saw that, I'd forgotten that scene. And I was like, there's no human way that there wouldn't be consequences to this child How did he get to the racetrack? Like, is he leaving (laughs) school? Take the bus!
2: There's nothing going to happen on the bus.
1: (laughs) Like, I know that it was the 60s or the 70s, but I feel like still someone's going to track that this six-year-old child is alone at the racetrack. And then they brought that back, and I was glad. Because I was like... (laughs) I thought they were just going to leave that as, like, a fun little vignette in the movie but no they came back to it thank god
2: yeah and it ends up being the thing that sort of you know causes their uh not downfall but you know it sort of screws them up because they decide that they should sort of not be around him anymore that they're that they're messing up his parents think he's crazy i mean well it
0: gets dark the parents are like talking about committing him
2: because he's Mm -hmm. going to the
0: racetrack and talking about these four strangers
2: yeah. I mean he's lucky like they didn't give him like electroshock therapy or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Remember you know? like
0: Return to Oz where Dorothy keeps He talking could be in Oz.
2: Oz. <laughs> yes. And the ghost could be like the lion, the cowardly Lion, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> the tin man, the scarecrow, yeah, that's other guy, what yeah, there were <laughs> yeah. like six lions, I'm pretty sure, yeah, six <laughs> lions, yeah, but so they decide to sort of like go radio silent and you know be invisible to him and just sort of peace out of his life, and this understandably fucks the kid up, they're like hey, by the way, we're leaving and you're never going to see us again. And he's like, no,
1: you're my, you're my family.
2: And uh, The
1: acting yeah. in that scene is amazing. That kid's tears. Like, <laughs> I felt like the they, in real life, shot his dog on the set. Like, yeah, they, they were did.
2: like, <laughs> your mommy <Yeah>. died. <laughs> it's the, the old Hitchcock
0: uh, routine. Yeah, yeah. I, like
1: I felt like they must have done something terrible to that child because he was such a good actor. I felt so bad for him.
0: That little kid was the little kid in the Santa Claus
2: movies. Oh wow. Oh, I Eric love those. Lloyd. Okay. Okay. Well nothing as bad as the Santa Claus could have happened here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> also a movie in which someone dies like ten minutes in. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That kid is cursed. Dark. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the scene was so sad. Like this, I yeah, I remember this movie just being wacky and funny and silly, and I cried twice, fifteen minutes into it. <laughs> it was so sad. There was just uh, yeah, it was a ceaseless barrage of of sorrow for me at the mm-hmm. beginning of this movie.
1: And the, um, the writing is so good and so tight that it like pulls you in like that where you're only thirty minutes in and you care enough about these characters to like cry.
0: Totally. And even like the Charles Groden character who like seems you know, you, you think like the the Alfrey you get the Alfrey Woodard connection because like, you know, she can't be with her kids and mm-hmm. she's very maternal with him. But then Charles Groden is like, <laughs> I never had a kid and like I feel like I'm a father now. Like it was sad Mm -hmm.
1: yes that that part got me i loved that they had charles groden be equally as into it as both of the of the women were whereas milo was more like pretending to be cool about it like i don't really care about this kid that much and then in the end he's like of course you know it's going to be hell to have to not be able to talk to him and you're like
0: yeah 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 i yeah it would in a worse movie they would have had like friction between the ghosts, or one ghost, yeah, not care until the very end or something. Yeah, but they're all on board. It's a baby. How can you be mad at a baby? Yeah. Well,
2: well, but, so all this time passes, and this baby, he grows up, and he doesn't just grow up to be anybody. He grows up to be Robert Downey Jr. So, charismatic. Hold on.
0: We got to talk about the transition between when he's a kid and when he's Robert Downey Jr. Because this was the only other memory I had from watching it. And that is I had to rewind and watch this transition several times on tape because it's like, you remember like computerized, like morphing was really big in Mm -hmm. the early nineties. Yeah. They do a thing where you see like the sunglasses coming up as he's still a kid and then it quickly morphs into robert downey jr like it's this really weird transition
1: it is it's jarring
0: (laughs) yeah Mm. because it looks like the kid is like he's crying because all of his best friends just left him maybe forever and then he, like, it, it, for like a second it looks like the kid whips out a pair of sunglasses out of nowhere <laughs> he had to like throw him
2: on over his tears, over yeah. his hysterical hey, tears Hey, don't, you know, sometimes you just gotta sometimes you just gotta get out your shades <laughs> Ray-Ban for tears <laughs> <laughs> What's more manly than crying? Walk like a man? Cry like a man <laughs>
1: I think they just, like, didn't want to make you too sad because it's a comedy. So they were like, no, 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 it's fine. Right. He's Robert Downey Jr. now. He's fine.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> morph well, so- Quickly morph it. We got to get <laughs> to the sad part. Yeah.
2: So he is charismatic, like Robert Downey Jr., but also... Sometimes kind of an asshole like Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you know, he's got to watch out. He's got to watch out. And he's working for, like, this, like, bankruptcy company. Like, somebody who, like, buys up companies and then bankrupts them and all that stuff. It's, you know, very predatory. is ruining our economy as we speak and um, everything like that. But, um, you know, and also he has a girlfriend, Elizabeth Shue, who he will not commit to why he has some sort of abandonment issues i don't know why
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. i love that they really spelled that out at the end but it was like the whole time you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get no it no kidding i
2: mean I don't, I don't understand why these ghosts couldn't be like okay we are going somewhere in 3 months <laughs> And we'll hang out with you a whole bunch until then But then we'll be gone for a while And maybe we'll come back to visit sometime But we're not gone forever forever This isn't anything you need to be PTSD'd about
1: Thomas, we feel the time has come for us to go away
0: What? No! Yeah, buddy It'll be a lot better for you Honest
1: We don't want to, Thomas, but we have to go
0: Oh, please. I'll do anything you want. I'll pretend you're not there, okay? It won't be a secret. Oh, we can't do that, sweetie. It doesn't work. Don't cry. We're going to be right here watching
2: over you. Just quietly.
0: You'll be okay, kiddo. You grow up. you forget about us.
2: No, I won't. I won't.
0: They come back and they're kind of, like, disappointed that he's, you know, a gruff businessman and he's, like, firing Kurt Smith. They should be glad he's not, like, a serial killer because <laughs> they... <laughs> messed him up so badly when he was a little kid
1: yeah he yeah. thought he was insane for most he of You could be the life. zodiac <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah san francisco <laughs> or they even like he even says like i can just pretend that you're not real and they're like no that won't work they wrote that off so <laughs> fast and it felt like to me that that was just someone said that like they'd written the whole script and they turned it in and one of the executives was like why can't he just pretend they're not there and they're like Oh, I'm going to put in a line where he says that won't work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. doesn't <laughs> work. Fixed. But at one point, David Paymer, the bus driver, he rolls back in with his ghost bus, and he's like, hey, I'm here to pick you up. Sorry I was late. And so it turns out that these guys, the ghosts, were supposed to be completing their life's mission on business business. You know, the Casper stuff that every ghost movie has now. They were supposed to be doing that stuff all this time instead of singing Walk Like a Man and getting the four-part <laughs> harmony. But they weren't. And so now it's time to, like, get in the bus and uh, go to heaven, you know? Yeah, but, yeah,
0: but like, like Lydia, like you said, like, it makes no sense that they would – It's like, well, you have unfinished business. Here's a baby to help you complete it. (laughs) Yes,
1: how is a baby? Well, he said that he was supposed to pick him up 15 years ago. So even a 15-year-old doing the things that they needed to do to resolve their issues would be insane. But presumably Mm. you're going to be doing that from the time he's like 1 to 15. Like in there, you know, where he's supposed to like complete these chats... I gotta get those stamps! ...that are for adults. Yeah, like, break into someone's house and find someone's children and sing in front of... An, like, the, you could have done
0: Charles Grove. Well, that
2: one, but. that one, yeah. Like, <laughs> you why can't, didn't Chuck get it in there during, like, the Grave Five Christmas concert or something? Yes! You can't
0: even get a 15-year-old to, like, clean their room. You're gonna get him to, like, drive across the country and, like, locate family members for a mm-hmm. ghost
1: yes it's yeah, a then terrible like, plan oh and if he this won't is before do a cell phone so <laughs> yeah and the internet like trying to find all that shit and like he they they said you can take over his body and i'm like don't do that to a child don't take <laughs> over a child's body and then like robot yeah. walk him around
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait why would that be 18. 18.
0: <laughs> Yeah, none of this and also David Palmer's like, "Oh yeah, there was supposed to be an angel was supposed to come down and talk to you." Uh, they didn't do that.
2: It's like, what? "What?" Yeah, was there like a whole like B plot where this drunken angel is like, you know, reading like the map directions and being like, "Where was that guy?"
0: And then the other thing that's weird is like, "Well, even if okay, like if they're being if they finished their business and they're being shepherded to like, you know, presumably heaven, why would they send like the guy who murdered them?" because he was too horny to be driving a vehicle and and the vehicle they died in to come re-traumatize them as they're Mm. being delivered to god i seemed like just send anything else anything yeah and
1: i I think that the story reason for that was so because he felt bad so then they got extra time he felt bad because he murdered them but like
0: Right. But he was like... just belligerent the whole time. He was yeah. a, a jerk about have it. I a dick about it, yeah. yeah. To
1: like the last minute. But the I think the uh you could send another car, god. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like the... Or
0: you could send anything. Send the cra- Oscar Meyer Wiener mobile. You're <laughs> god. Crazy
2: idea. He's an omnipotent being. Why not just Snap him away. He doesn't need to send a vehicle, right? This mm. is uh the, the well, transportation thing drama. is a problem of mortals. Yeah. Now you're getting into
0: Kirk Cameron territory that I'm not
2: comfortable with. Yeah, yeah we're but, not gonna that, left that behind these guys. <laughs> but so they they now have to Finish their thing, and so now they need to reappear to Robert Downey Jr., who hasn't seen them for years, and you know has become like a bit of a dick in the meantime, so they try to get his attention it's really hard eventually they do by singing the Frankie Valley song, and then they sort of tell him that they've that he has got to help them finish all of their business while his relationship is crumbling and uh You know, I mean, there's nothing really happening with his job, but they do make him look... uh, Well, they do make him sexually assault somebody in the (laughs) the boardroom. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then, like, writhe around on the table like it's an exorcism.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They are, again, ruining his life. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I don't know what's up with these ghosts, but they seem fine when they're outside of Robert Downey Jr. But as soon as the female ghosts get into Robert Downey Jr., they become, like hugely sexual and you know very undulating dude it's robert downey jr i i thought
1: about that actually and i decided that i liked that performance because i was like this is really bad and i feel like robert downey jr is better than this at first like whenever a ghost got into his body he did a very like uh, broad version of the ghost Mm -hmm. but i was like i think what he's doing is not being them he's being people who haven't gotten to experience like being a person in a while (laughs)
2: Was right. the kind of way I looked
1: at it. So, like all the like hand stuff with Milo it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, it's fun to have a body and move around. Or like I love when Alfred Woodard is in him and he's like mm-hmm. doing the big hand slaps and he's spinning around. And I felt like that was all just like <laughs> I have a body I can move. Like I kind of grew to love that weird performance. That's evening. fair.
2: That's yeah. Fair. <laughs> it is a good performance, even if like. Maybe it's not like what we'd expect from like the characters of the ghost. Yeah. Sometimes it sometimes it gets there. And it you know, he just has so much charisma. He he's he's very likable on the screen. Yeah. But so he decides to help these people out. And so first they do the stamps one, knock that off easy. Plus, let's get Tom Sizemore out of there, you know. <laughs> first, first <laughs> Rap out. on Sizemore, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he is uh, a
0: creep, and we don't like him, so we don't have to talk about him anymore because <laughs> nobody he...
2: misses him when he's gone. But he yeah. he rides the bus back home. I, and... I was talking about the actor Tom Sizemore, but the character is also
0: a creep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I was I was listening to the director of this movie, Ron Underwood, mm. who directed City Slickers, which City we've Slickers, talked about, oh. and Tremors. The, there's no like special edition DVD of this movie or anything, but there's a podcast called – I think it's called the Rogue Commentary Podcast – Mm. And they get people to yeah, rogue commentary. And they get people to record commentaries for movies that don't have DVDs with commentaries. So oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of it, but that's the neat idea. And so I was listening to Ron Underwood's uh, commentary, and it was funny because he was talking about all these actors. Like, oh, Charles groden he was so funny and so lovely to work with. Oh, Kira Sedgwick, I loved her. Alfred Woodward, I loved her. He <laughs> was saying Kira Sedgwick. He's like Kira Sedgwick. It, oh my. Oh so amazing, and he's like, I met her when
2: we were making Tremors because, right? Yeah. She, Mrs. He, Kevin Bacon or yeah. sorry, Kevin Bacon is Mr. Kira Sedgwick. Sedgwick. Yeah, I think that's. But Mr. Closer, <laughs> she also she was
0: pregnant during Tremors and Aww. had their baby while they were making Tremors. So like, he already knew her, and was like, and then he got to Tom Sizemore. He's like, and Tom Sizemore was a, a really talented actor around. That. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, also Ooh. was
1: also there while we were making it. Next question. Please.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, so the next thing they do is they go and help out Harrison. They do his, uh, they help him sing. Where are they going to do this? I mean, they are also laying the track work for everything else. They're, you know, investigating where Alfre Woodard's kids are. And also, Kira Sedgwick, they're going to go see John's farm. But she's sort of putting it off for some reason. But, so they got to go and get Harrison to sing. And so they decide... B.B. King concert is the place. So they sneak him in there and they get him on stage. And this is actually the same concert that Robert Downey Jr. was invited to go to with his girlfriend, Elizabeth Shue, who he's been disappointing over and over again. He missed their dinner. He's supposed to meet the parents. uh, Not Robert De Niro, but her parents, her parents. And it's a whole big thing. But so he ends up, showing up at this B.B. King concert to sing the national anthem. I mean, Harrison is singing it through him. And, you know, it's an amazing performance. The crowd goes wild. B.B. King joins in there. It's it's so good that after the performance, B.B. King has to change the title of his song to The Thrill Is Back. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, okay. But I, I think this
0: was really a smartly written scene because... Yeah. There's no other, you think like how, what would he? possibly sing that just wouldn't get him thrown out immediately from this concert and yeah he comes out and, and sings belts out the national anthem and everyone just kind of stands and acts like
1: well yeah that's, <laughs> that's Robert Downey Jr's idea they're like how are we not gonna get kicked off stage and he's just like nods at him and he's like yeah I've got it and he goes out there yeah. and he says please rise for the national anthem and no one bats an eye and you're like that's yeah. genius <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it, yeah it's great I yeah
0: I lo- and then B.B. King joins him
2: B.B. King yeah. is so great I love yeah. when he first shows up smiling it's so great. He's just, he's amazing, and I love that song, and uh, he's great.
1: Yeah, that that's the high point of the movie for me, that scene. It was the, I thought that was the best part.
2: B.B. <laughs> King walks through a fucking bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I saw i saw B.B.
0: King once in nice. concert, and it was, uh, you know, those seats at Roy Thompson Hall behind the stage? Mm-hmm. I was sitting there, so you're kind of looking at his back for most of it. And he did not know we were there until uh the like the the curtain call, like when he was uh getting applause. And he it was almost like a jump scare, like he just kinda of turned <laughs> around and was like, Ah <laughs> There's a whole crowd of people behind him. You scared not D. D. Again. King. That's like you I did. should
1: talk about that more. Yeah. <laughs> you should put that on your resume. I frightened right. D. D. King once. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I sang the national anthem and it was cool.
2: Yeah. But Elizabeth Shue is not happy with Robert Downey Jr. bursting in on this blues man, which kind of makes her a hypocrite. Maybe Albert Collins would like a word with her, Adventures in Babysitting.
0: Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. what I was talking about. I do. You know? Good point. This is
2: just a thing that you did in the late 80s, early 90s, was you just ended up singing with a blues singer for some reason. <laughs> so, you know, it's a white person write a passage, right? <laughs> if you're
0: lost in the 80s with ghosts or children, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I do like the, uh, <laughs> that he keeps running into her and she doesn't even really know what's going on with him. I mean, I kind of remembered this movie as being like more focused on him and his problems with Uh, Elizabeth Shue like I remember that being the story yeah she's barely in it but it's also like yeah I'm glad that it's about like the ghosts and their unfinished business like I don't want it to be so much about him and his problems like I, I didn't even really know that like like when when we see him in the future like when we cut to Robert Downey Jr. like he already knows her he's already in a relationship with her we don't have to see him that that's not the focal point of the story, which was not the re- way I remembered it, and uh, it's so much better because of that.
1: Yeah, that was a, yeah. a major problem that I had with the movie. Actually, I didn't. I, I was surprised by how well it aged. You know, there's not a lot of racism, not a lot of gay jokes, but it's not great to women. <laughs> and one of the ways in which I think it, it does a disservice to to the character of Elizabeth Shue because you don't understand why she would like that guy.
0: Oh, no, she shouldn't leave him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like everything he does from her perspective is insane. And most especially like telling her that he's super busy at work and then showing up at the BB King concert and singing the national anthem <laughs> is like if you keep dating that guy. You're nuts. (laughs) Like, that guy, something's going on with that guy. You need an explanation for that, right?
2: He's going to be singing all sorts of national anthems when, you know, you're expecting him to be somewhere. He said he couldn't hang
1: out with her. Red flag. And then he just did a crime. Like, that's all he was doing was a crime.
0: (laughs) Well, I I, I just like that uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, sort of rediscovering the fact that, like, it's the sort of inciting incident of this bus accident is just so emotional and traumatic. Like I was worried that it was building to a place where it was like the ghosts show up and like, he's got relationship problems and then it's <laughs> just a comedy of errors. So I was happy to see that like, you know, the relationship stuff was kind of the B plot and the yeah. ghost stuff was kind of the A plot, but I agree. Yeah. The Elizabeth shoe
2: character is, is very undercooked and she is good though. I mean, she's she always is, good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I would I would see a movie with her and Robert Downey Jr., you know, given more time to actually be together. They have, like, a certain charisma that matches each other. I, it's, you know, they're both very, you know, comedic actors. But, yeah, so they got that done. Now they got to find Alfred Woodard's kids. And, you know, adoption, they're, it's difficult. They're not going to find the records. And, you know, plus they keep on getting arrested. So that's a big problem. And there is this cop who we happen to see, and over and over again, they keep running into him, and it couldn't be that. No. Because, you know, and the third time they run into him, it's a big thing, and he has to, like, comfort his child, and he starts singing this song that only she sung to her kid, and she's like, oh, my God, have I been looking at my kid the entire fucking movie without noticing? I mean, I mean, I thought Alfred Woodard was such a good mom and had like all this maternal instinct and all that. And, you know, he's Hollywood, an adult least, yeah, has he... led me to believe that she should know. He
1: was six years old. the last time she saw him, I, t- I totally forgave that. That didn't bother me. And I love the I way that so. she figured out it was him. I thought was really sweet when he sang that little song. And she's like, I wrote that song. Like, nobody knows that song.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great, and I love you know like the scene where uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of talks for her, like he doesn't try to convince oh him God. that like
2: that, that there's a ghost there. Yes. When he said, "I never left you," I laughed and cried at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Look, I know that I sound absolutely nuts. Was your mother's name Penny Washington?
0: Really? <laughs> this is my.
2: All right now what is this about Man, you got two older sisters right so sick, Shirley and Dad, diane so am i right sick. who are you is this some sort of sick joke did i lock your brother up or something
0: do you know where your sisters are
2: no i do
0: Damn it was sweet dude. yeah and they also like because he hugs them and it's like but they also you know recognized that that would be a weird thing and it was nice for alfrey woodard but weird for everyone else yeah,
1: yeah. and the, the other one kind of bummer is that to me too is that the two women both of their really like their plot lines were heavily tied to like you know they didn't really have any unfinished business like alfrey woodard just oh, yeah. wanted to know yeah. that her children grew up okay And Julia just wanted the guy to know that she would have said yes to marry him. Like, their their plot lines are very heavily tied to men and family, whereas Mm. the two guys got more meaty parts, more stuff that they wanted to complete.
2: Well, also, it's kind of, like, questionable to have this, like, movie where this black woman is not allowed to take care of her kids and instead has to take care of a white kid, which is a thing that happens a lot. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So it's, like, all through the movie, I was, like, fucking, why are you doing this to her, you know? Like, Well, the other weird thing is she has three kids, and,
0: like, she tells the one kid where the other two kids are because they figured that out, but she doesn't get to see them. Like, why – couldn't they take a plane or – I don't know. It seemed weird. Yeah, <laughs> she's like yeah. she was go- she one saw gun. one kid.
1: <laughs> and it was her. was like, I
0: only really loved that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was what was funny to me too, is she was like, was This is one. my favorite kid. He was, I yeah. think, the only named one, right? Good kid The other two were just her girls and then the boy was <laughs>
0: girl one. <laughs> she didn't even get around to naming the other two. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I don't know. That like that's yeah, that rang false for me. That I I mean, I don't think any parent would be satisfied not like knowing where her kids were
2: and not trying to see them that seemed weird yeah yeah but i did like the sort of i mean i like the note of melancholy or like the the sort of there's something about like not getting everything that you want in a story, and so it does it with that character, <laughs> and it also does it with Kira Sedgwick. So only, only the, women the women character yes. don't get what they want. <laughs> the well, men, I- they get the stamps, they get to sing. <laughs> they go first. Both of the men go first. All of first. their petty concerns. <laughs> well, yeah, especially
0: I, I think especially with the Kira Sedgwick one. I mean, I yeah, I, I think maybe it's because I like I love Alfred Woodard, and I I felt more like in I, I i related to her character the most i think maybe also partly because i sent my kids to daycare for the first time in like a year this week Aww. and I, it was like emotional watching the movie i almost like left to go get them because <laughs> <laughs> it's like because bus accidents happen all the time but i i do think especially the care sedgwick one is weird because like her, when we see her, like, she's reluctant to go with this guy because she's, like, got these vague ambitions and yes. we don't really learn what they were. So her unfinished business is, like, she wants to go back and see that guy that was seemingly kind of holding her back from, like, accomplishing what she actually yeah. wanted, which is we
2: don't ever find out what that is. I think she just wanted to live in the city. She doesn't want to live in the fucking podunk nowhere area, you know?
1: Yeah, that was kind of all they said, was she didn't want to be like her mom, and her mom never went anywhere and did anything, so she was working as a waitress in the city. Give her a drink. She gets to see like, Bob yeah. Newhart
2: during her shift. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's got to be worth something. Yeah,
1: I think she was, like, having fun, but I just wish they had given her a goal of some any kind. Like, it could have been totally. great. They could have made her want to be a fashion designer, and then, like, Robert Downey Jr. has to go model or something. Like, it could have yes. been yeah. Great if they did anything.
2: Or I, th- <laughs> I thought, like, you know, maybe just because of the marvelous Miss Maisel, I thought maybe, like, she was, like, working the room because, you know, she aspired to be a stand up comedian and that would be something that you know
0: yeah oh man yeah and then robert downey jr would have to like go by an open mic and like do the set <laughs> yeah. that she never got to do oh that, would, that would be, be great really
1: good because it wouldn't make any sense coming from him it would be all stuff about women from the <laughs> 50s yeah. and it, like, would,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: would bomb. <laughs> That'd be
2: hilarious. so i'm reducing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know how it is <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: that would be great and the whole scene with her at the end is weird too because there's like she goes to like the farm that like that guy was gonna buy mm-hmm. and then finds out that he's been dead for seven years mm-hmm. And then, like, there's the moment where she's like, what was my unfinished business? And then she looks at Robert Downey Jr. and is like, it's you. And I, for a split second, was like, oh, my God, are they in love? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And when I was a kid and they hugged, I was like, kiss, 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 you know? <laughs> well,
2: wait, it's not her, like, boyfriend comes from heaven and, like, inhabits Robert Downey Jr.? And so, like, when they hug, it's her hugging her boyfriend, right? What? Wait,
1: what? I did not get that.
2: Okay, I mean, I swear, like, it's there. He, he, like, Robert Downey Jr. says, like, oh, wow, or something like that, as, like, this spirit is inhabiting him. And then she's like, oh, yes, I know it's you. And so she hugs him, like, earnestly. Or maybe
0: is he the reincarnation of that guy? Because they do say... At one point, David Pamer is like, when he's grabbing Tom Sizemore or whatever, he's like, there's another life being born. We need a new soul.
1: Oh, that would have been so a weird... The... No, because then that guy <laughs> We would need have four to... new
0: souls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh... We need
0: this creepy old man to be stuffed inside a baby stat.
2: <laughs> yeah, plus that, uh, Kira Cedric's ex only died like seven, seven years, years ago. ago. so And did not okay, have a yeah. good
1: life. They noted that he had a difficult life no. and was sick, which I thought was like... Wow, dark. Like, I thought it would be like, oh, he moved on, he was fine, he had kids, you know, something like and that.
2: And they found him in the apartment. Not yeah. like, you know, like, oh, he he died in the hospital surrounded by his friends and loved ones. So they found him. Like, did he die naturally or did he kill himself because Kira Cedric died in a bus accident in the 50s? Because this goddamn guy couldn't keep his eyes on the road
0: because the other guy <laughs> was getting handsy and... Yeah. Uh...
2: So dark, so dark,
1: yeah. Weirdly dark ending. But still, you feel good because she got to hug Robert Downey Jr. And that hug is so satisfying. They like play the music and he spins her around and you're like, (laughs)
0: It's all okay.
2: (laughs) She also has the uh, touch by an angel lighting effect before that as well. Lit from the back with her like hair, almost like a halo. It's, you know, I recognize that. She is good. I like her. Yeah. She's amazing. Kira Sedgwick. Kira Cedric's amazing, and you know I love the Kira Cedric Kevin Bacon couple. They're like my favorite Hollywood couple because they're both amazing actors. What are what better actors can you think of as a couple than like Kira Cedric and Kevin Bacon? Uh, yeah, you can't. Uh... I don't know. They're great, and I feel like they support each other really well. So oh, well... I, I didn't know you cared so much. <laughs> yeah, I care Keira about Sam
0: Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Relationship goals. <laughs>
1: They're pretty cool. I like that they rotated movies when their kids were growing up, too, and shows. I think that's cute, so they could both have careers.
2: Oh, they're great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay,
0: that's that's heart and souls. <laughs> we're going to take a quick ba- break, and we'll be right back with some uh, trivia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. We're back on Rewatchability, part of the E1 Podcast Network. We're talking about Heart and Souls, 1993, ghost comedy, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., some Ooh. other people. So this movie was based on, on a student film. Do Did you guys know that? <laughs> no. Whoa. That's amazing
1: because the script is so tight. I feel like the script is no fat in it at all.
0: Well, mm. the original was a, a sixteen millimeter nine minute film called Seven Souls. And it was about wow. it was one guy and six ghosts, about a man accompanied through life by the souls of six people who had died the night he was born. It was by Gregory Hansen and his brother Eric. From and, the Hansen brothers. <laughs> yeah, they started a band later. <laughs>
2: Umbap was actually about the process of having your soul uh, enter another person's body.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> lot of the sound the bus made, yeah <laughs> <laughs> And they, I guess, uh, when they were in film school or coming out of film school, because the short was popular, they got an agent, and their agent suggested that they write a feature-length version of the movie, and it was sold to Universal. Now, I don't know the exact sequence of events but the same agent that they had was also the agent of the two writers and the director Ron Underwood so I'm not sure I know that he said he saw the script and loved it I'm not sure if he saw the version that was rewritten because Universal basically decided to uh, make it a bigger budget movie and hire more prominent star talent because those those brothers were originally supposed to like direct it uh, mm. they were like wanted to be like writer directors and instead their story <laughs> They could got... have been the Coens. Yeah, instead so their story got taken and given to SS Wilson and Brent Maddock who changed it around from what I can understand quite a bit. Originally it was more of a drama. Mm. And I can they... see that for sure. Yeah. And they lost two ghosts, uh made it four instead of six.
1: That's a good idea. I can't I think it would be way too full with six.
0: How many
2: people can they fit on a car? You know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That was a good little detail where they're always riding around on top of the cars. Yeah, I would do that if I was a ghost for sure.
2: (laughs) That would be the reason why you were a ghost. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so I felt kind of bad for those guys because those were also, or this movie was the only other feature that they're credited on, on IMDb. So it Aww. seemed like this was probably really exciting and then very disappointing when it was taken away. But also I was listening to that commentary from Ron Underwood and I was reading this backstory. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, that those poor guys. And then listening to him talk about it, he just seemed like a really nice guy too. And he was talking about how the script came along for him at an important juncture in his life where he said his family had suffered a tragedy where... He, I guess, had a young daughter, and a a friend of hers was biking over to their house and uh, was hit by a car and killed. Oh, Oh, Jeez. And so he said he was really, you know, struggling to make sense of that tragedy. And he said the script came along, and he just kind of – he said, like, it it actually – making this movie helped him in a way. That's good. Yeah, which all seemed very genuine. And, yeah, it – sounds like a nice guy so
1: uh, yeah I can see I'm- that like I said it has that kind of somewhat comforting idea where I guess what I like about it is the after afterlife looks like our life, which is a comforting idea, right? Like we know right. what a bus is, mm-hmm. and you know, in the Catholic Church, it's like, yeah, a- angels are big wheels with eyes, and you're like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, want, I want a bus, just a bus full of friendly people. That sounds much nicer.
2: Buses have wheels;
0: <laughs> yeah. they could have eyes. No, just thanks. give me a, just give me a horny character actor on a bus, and I'll. That's I'm what there. I
2: was. Yes, that's my idea of heaven. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So I thought here's I you know there's not a lot of trivia about this movie, but I thought here would be a a fun question to throw out, and that's can you name any other movies features that were uh, adapted from other student films?
1: Ooh.
2: Hmm. Well, what's that George Lucas one that he adapted in a student film? Yeah, that that's counts, right. THX one one
1: three eight. Is that
2: a yeah song? that's yeah. the one
0: that was the first one i thought of i found two i'm sure there's lots but i found two others the other one is Whoop, that... whiplash i don't think that was a student film oh close enough <laughs> <laughs> that movie nine like that animated movie oh okay. uh, that was a student film apparently and uh, the movie house party <laughs> began
2: oh. as a student film. Okay. that makes sense the uh, film was artier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like I said, this movie was uh, rewritten, or as uh, uh, Ron Underwood called it, he called it an adaptation, basically, of that original script, by S.S. S. Wilson and Brent Maddock. They were the two screenwriters that rewrote this movie, who had, had written Tremors with Ron Underwood before. Hmm. And right before this movie, they had written another ghost comedy. Can you guys name that? That ghost comedy they wrote.
1: Ghost comedy, God, there aren't a lot of those. Is it Ghostbusters?
2: It wasn't <laughs> Ghostbusters. No, Frighteners.
0: This was just a few years before. I think it was nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety,
1: ghost sh- comedy.
0: Ghost Dad. I'm just. Gonna it like... was Ghost Dad.
1: Oh, oh no! <laughs> you got it.
2: Oh no!
0: <laughs> yeah, which is uh, mo- <laughs> also a movie where I. I mean. Uh, yeah, it also stars a horrible person, but uh, mm. was also a movie where the, the mechanism by which the ghosts happen was really weird. Because remember in that movie, it was like, is he going to fall down the stairs or is he going right. to get hit by a car? And the way he becomes a ghost is he gets driven off of a bridge by like a Satanist who's driving a cab.
2: Right. <laughs> like, it was the Isn't same there a thing. bunch of pervy stuff that happens too in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Ghosts. So this guy was yeah. big
1: on writing pervy... <laughs> Ghost.
2: <laughs> so then this ghost yep. can go into the girl's locker room.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. He's like,
0: hey, you know what I'd do if I was a ghost? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then the ghost goes <laughs> through the underwear drawer. Uh,
0: <laughs> and the the only other question I had for you was there is one other movie that I could find where Robert Downey Jr., Oh, I know this Elizabeth one. I know Shue what you're going to say. Okay. Okay. I can guess yeah. the trivia
1: you're
2: going to do. What's Wait, what's the question? No,
1: okay, go ahead. Sorry. I bet I can okay. guess what he's going to ask because I thought go. of this before I came on. There's another movie where Robert Downey Jr. plays the reincarnated spirit of a girl's uh, dad. Oh, that one? I
0: was going to get into that. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not what I was going to say right now. What I was going to say is what's the other movie he's in with Elizabeth Shue? Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> no, I don't even know that.
0: <laughs> that, uh, Rob, you got it? No, I saw it, but I forgot. Uh, it's soap-dish.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that but she was in that. Elizabeth Shue was. I,
0: I really want to talk about what you were going to talk about, Lydia, because looking back at a lot of the reviews at the time of this movie, a lot of them were like, hey, this is a pretty good movie. The last ghost reincarnation movie that Robert Downey Jr. was horrible. <laughs> Uh the last movie he did was called uh Chances Are.
1: Yes. And have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've read about it and I've been meaning to watch it because I was like, wow, I can't believe that happened. A. B, I can't believe Robert Johnny Jr. is like typecast in these weird ghost reincarnation roles, you know? <laughs> like it's the kind of thing where an actor gets a really niche role and then another one immediately, like pretty much right in a row, I feel like he did those two. But I know that the, yeah. the plot of it is he like basically this girl's dad dies and is reincarnated as a guy that she then gets in a relationship with.
0: Ew! Yeah,
1: who, who is played by Robert Downey Jr. Ew!
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Christopher McDonald is the, the guy who Ew. dies. Shooter McGavin! Shooter McGavin, that's right. And, yeah, and exactly. He dies, comes back as Robert Downey Jr., who like starts up a relationship with, I think it's Mary Stuart Masterson is mm-hmm. the daughter Sounds and right. then like somehow gets his memory back and remembers he had this past life where he was her dad <laughs> yes but then Ew. he Who he also that? remembers some some guy probably the
2: same guy house and randy house
1: <laughs> i just went like hypothetically why of any story you could write do you choose to write that one <laughs>
0: Yeah, they started that story with a blank page. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been came anything.
1: Could have been any movie. And they made, they made the movie where she <laughs> dates her reincarnated dad.
0: <laughs> but also uh Sybil Shepherd plays the mom. So when he gets his memory back, he like starts hitting on Sybil Shepherd and convinces her that he was her husband. And then, like, she realizes that she's really in love with Ryan O'Neill. And then I have not seen it, but I was reading the Wikipedia. At the end, an angel comes and gives Robert Downey Jr. a shot that removes his memory so that at the end he's able to hook up with, with Mary Stuart Masterson, who's his daughter. Yes, no. no. And uh, by Is the way, this a French film. <laughs> and by the way, Sybil Shepherd will still remember that. Like, no one's wiping her memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The
1: solution to the movie is incest.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like problem your problem is incest. The solution also incest.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, maybe Robert Downey Jr. just wanted to do a ghost comedy without all the incest.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why he yeah. took it. He was like, You're not going to believe the last ghost comedy I did.
2: <laughs> I mean, how much incest are we talking on this one? Like low to medium? Cause I, just, I mean, there's a couple of none. It's a guy forcing
0: a child to leaf through a Playboy, but I guess that's okay <laughs> compared to the last one. And this movie got a—there was a whole article about how the director was not happy that it got a PG-13 rating, uh, <laughs> specifically for the scene in the bus and the uh, and the car at the beginning. Uh, well— <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about this movie compared to any crash, I mean, maybe we should compare it to the Cronenberg one cause it, <laughs> because of how it all started. Uh yeah. He said, it's so bizarre. I've always thought the ratings thing was a good concept. I have little kids and I go by it in terms of knowing if something is suitable for my kids. But the experience I had on this film made me sort of wonder about the values of the ratings board. I really feel this film is appropriate for families. And I would certainly (laughs) take my kids
2: to see this film.
1: I mean tweak it, make it thirty percent less horny, and I think it's fine for families. Yeah. yeah
2: that <laughs> scene where the man is groping the woman in the convertible is my son's favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just yeah, that, that's the
0: thing was where like you said, it could have been they could have written anything. Like I don't understand. It was so inconsequential to the plot. Yeah, and And then it's the guy who basically becomes, like, yeah, is working for Jesus or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I think that
1: the idea is that's his purgatory. And I think the reason they had him be pervy at the lady was because it's like, well, that makes the wreck his fault. So then we get him back because he's driving the bus for eternity as his purgatory. But you didn't have to make it that horny. <laughs>
2: he's still – he's working directly for God. Yeah. He keeps saying like, oh, I don't – you know, you want me to stall him, the big guy?
0: <laughs> well, he also has powers because he makes – maybe this is what you were thinking because he makes uh, – this is what you were thinking when you thought that the ghost of the boyfriend inhabited Robert Downey Jr. David Pamer at the end makes Robert – or makes Kira Sedgwick solid. <laughs>
2: So yeah. she can hug him because what? she's
0: like, I wish I could touch you. And she he's like, I know. And then David Painter kind of like looks up to God and makes her so that she can hug. So they oh, can actually hug. yeah.
2: I like mine better. No, honestly, I weird. think yours is
1: better, too. But that's yeah, I don't think that's implied. I think it is implied that David Painter has a direct line to God, which is weird now that you yeah. say it and uh. gets God to <laughs> briefly make Kira Sedgwick mortal again
2: this is god's world god is the horny bastard yeah. <laughs> he's the one causing this problem he's blaming the bus driver take some responsibility lord well
1: and and at the end they I feel like they're kind of like and it all worked out like that was how it was supposed to work <laughs> out kira sedgwick was always supposed to help him Just and i'm like god's wisdom yeah but if they hadn't put the ghost with him as a kid then he wouldn't have relationship problems nah. he wouldn't need kira sedgwick yeah. Like, this isn't no. a full circle ending like you think it is. <laughs> no. And I would
0: 100% trade those five lives for one maybe not great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. maybe I would rather have him not be with Elizabeth Shue and don't orphan those children.
2: Yeah. I think I would be fine It was with an that. either or and God made a decision. He's like, this couple is too good. They have to be together, and if people have to die, I'm going to make that happen. (laughs) Maybe that's why
0: we don't see the faces of the couple in the car, because they weren't really there. It was like a mirage that God uh yeah contrived to cause the bus crash so uh elizabeth shu wouldn't leave robert downey jr for being mean
1: so he like basically (laughs) did entrapment on the bus driver so he'd have to work for him for (laughs) 500 years
0: yes it was spiritual entrapment (laughs) which i think is a lot of how religion works i'm not totally clear on it but
1: god's always doing a sting (laughs) (laughs)
0: well let's uh wrap it up by going around and deciding if we thought it was rewatchable Lydia what about you did you think it was rewatchable this time did it hold up watching it now
1: yeah a thousand percent I yeah like I said I felt good after watching it I thought there were some like small holes in the script but overall really tight script it's it did everything right when it needed to do it you know had those big juicy moments where each ghost gets a send off each like at the right times in the movie so it's not boring. Um I loved it. Very rewatchable.
2: All right. Uh Rob, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen it before, but I was entirely delighted by this movie. Yes, there are flaws. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are things that I, you know, are, you know, stupid and backwards about this movie, but it has so much Are you with me here? Heart. Oh. And <laughs> And soul <laughs> that uh, I it was just it was so great to watch. And, you know, it made me feel good. And I mean, I think Alfre Woodard is like just so amazing in this movie. I think her character sort of like pulls it for me emotionally. And it's so I, I don't know. It's it's really it's a really great performance. Everybody in this movie is really good. And Tom Sizemore is around, too. <laughs> But it's but everybody else is like amazing. Like they're all like really great actors. Like they're the best at what they do. Charles Grodin is so great, and he's not even doing like the the grumpy, annoyed at everything shtick that uh, we talked about in Beethoven, and that he did so well in so many other. No, he's so
0: sweet in this.
2: He is a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart, and. Yeah, don't I... say
0: Groden juice again. I, I can't <laughs> <take it. laughs>
2: He's full of Groden juice. Uh. Uh, no, I, I, I really liked. It. I'm so glad that we watched this movie because I hadn't seen it before, and uh, I, I will watch it again because I thought it was just a lovely movie. Yeah, I
0: agree with you guys. I, yeah, like we said, there are problems. There are. <laughs> really weird things about it but i i did kind of love it it was it was so earnest and you know looking back at a lot of the reviews you know they were comparing it to uh to a lot of older movies like capra movies and a lot of the kind Mm -hmm. of like ghost comedies of like the 40s and 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 stuff so uh, yeah it does kind of feel like a throwback and and just just a, a sweet story i mean Yeah, I cried, like, eight times watching this movie, and I am dead inside all the time. (laughs) And I I was just watching this, like, on a laptop, and I found it so affecting and so funny. And also, like, I have also really cooled on the Robert Downey Jr. persona. Like, Mm -hmm. having seen him do that in so many movies for so long, Mm. I'm... Thought I was sick of Robert Downey Jr. and to go back and look at this and remember that he is a good actor and it's not even like mm-hmm. that it's that demanding of a role but it's it's a movie where he is not uh, called upon to be like the quippy smart aleck guy he's just kind of a guy and he's he's charming and and yeah I yeah I really liked it, <laughs> Ma- it would make be it...
2: great for him to do more of that you know instead of like Doolittle <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: and you know make it more available. I don't think it's on Blu-ray. I think it did get a DVD release, but it's also not streaming a lot of places. So, yeah, uh, in the
1: US I had to purchase stars for two months to watch it, which like it yeah. was 99 cents to purchase two months of stars, so I didn't care. Hey. <laughs> but I was like, stars really is the only place that has this?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's weird, well, yeah. I read it wasn't given like a a very wide release. Really?
1: Is that? No.
2: Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't, Not everywhere, yeah. I guess.
0: I I just remember like the trailers being played constantly. So, I don't know. Maybe this will be our <laughs> least popular episode because no one apart from the three of us has ever seen it. But uh yeah, I remember it being fairly big. And and I hope if uh if people haven't checked it out that they do. Uh because yeah, me too. it
2: is lovely. <laughs> don't go through your life not seeing this movie and saying what you mean to it. Like Kira Sedgwick with her boyfriend, but for a movie.
0: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That guy kind of sucked, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's a turd. Well, that's. She should have went out with Bob Newhart. <laughs> oh,
1: that would have been a twist. I, I, all I yeah. wanted to do was date Bob Newhart. Go kiss Bob Newhart for me, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, gee, this is awkward.
0: <laughs> movie should have ended with Robert Downey Jr. waking up in bed with Keira Sedgwick. Well, that's rewatchability for this week. Lydia, thank you so much for coming on the show and suggesting this movie. That was a lot of fun. Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at you know Lydia. Or I have a weekly column on the Patreon-run comedy site, 1-900-HotDog. It's the numbers 1-900 and then the word hotdog.com, mm.
0: uh,
1: which is where most of my comedy is these days.
0: All right. And cool. you can find us on Twitter at Rewatchability facebook.com uh, slash rewatchability you can like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and i was gonna say buy a t-shirt but i just <laughs> our t-shirt just got taken down
2: yeah our logo is uh infringing oh no I,
0: th- I think it's because uh in like the background of the logo you can see a little robocop because we got oh. a uh a takedown notice from mgm <laughs> that's like, hilarious <laughs> Uh, it's been up there for like three years or something, but I guess uh, we've been making, we've been raking in the, you know, yeah. <laughs> several <laughs> dollars a month <laughs> that MGM does not want us to have.
2: We have to feed that lion. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah, don't go buy a t-shirt right now because we have to figure that out. But so, you can, like I said, like or subscribe and com slash rewatchability. And until next time, you know, keep your eyes on the road, bus drivers. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus.